Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast. Yours truly, Solomon Wilcox. And today we have a very special guest. Former colleague of mine, but one of the great uh, in the National Football League. Of course, Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Theismann joins us on the show. Joe, it's been a long time, but it's always good to see you. It It is, Sally. You know, we, we talk to each other every now and then on the radio, but this is the first time I guess we've really had a chance to see one another, occasionally at the Super Bowl, but it's great to catch up with you. Hey, look, I want to get to some Cincinnati Bengals stuff, and we're going to around the league during this episode of the Believe in Bingo podcast. But first, I got to let everybody know. I got this trophy over my shoulder here. Uh, They call (laughs) it a sports Emmy. But I always tell everyone, uh, I owe you a debt of gratitude for that. Because when I came to ESPN and began working with you on what was then Sunday Night Football, the big game of the week, you and Mike Patrick, um, as as well as, um, you know, our guy Paul McGuire, you were always so great to me. You were very gracious. I was able to model and watch how you called games. Later, I'd go on to do the same at CBS. But uh, I owe you a debt of gratitude. So I want to thank you for always being a pro, my friend. Well, you're welcome, Sally. I appreciate it. I mean, you uh, you put in the hard work, you put in the time, and you earned that Emmy. So uh, I just happen to be uh, I happen to be a guy that was standing next to you and an honored to do it. Well, I also would be um, remiss if I didn't. Uh, have us tell a story because um, we worked for some great people, the great Fred Gardelli. But um, I wanted to ask you about Stevie B, Steve Bornstein. It is a name that looms large over the television sports business because I don't know if there's um, any one person that so many of us who've made it in the business, we owe a debt of gratitude to Stevie B. What what story can you tell us about Stevie B that he would chuckle at and everyone else would get a Well, this this is the story the way I understand it. The way I wound up winding up at ESPN, I spent, as you have at CBS, I spent two years at CBS. When I got out of football in 85 and 86, well, I got hurt in 85, 86 and 87, I was at CBS. Um, And um, we were, I mean, it was, you know, I I ran into Mike Patrick, oddly enough, at an airport because Mike and I did, um, we used to do ACC basketball together. I really started in basketball. I did Duke and yeah, I did UNC. I did all of, I did HCC basketball with Mike for a year. And so a couple of years went by, I was at CBS and Mike was at ESPN. And I said, wouldn't it be great if we could work together again? Oh yeah. You know, so it was in passing sort of at an airport and then um, come to find out ESPN reaches out and it was between OJ Simpson and myself and Steve Bornstein was going to make the decision on who was going to wind up in the booth. At that time we were doing eight games in the studio, eight games on the road. And so uh, Steve decided that um, I was going to be the guy. And it it led to, what, I think almost 17 years at ESPN uh, and just absolutely had the time of our life, work with Paul and Mike um, and work with, you know, Mike Tirico, Tony Kornheiser. I mean, I've worked with so many wonderful people. 
Um, and, you know, we used to, I remember, I, I happened to travel to ESPN about four years ago. And I remember we used to have two buildings. Now it's a campus. That's right. That's right. It actually, it's bigger, it's bigger than a college. It's bigger than a campus. But it, it's amazing how it's grown. But Steve was kind enough to have a vision about me being in a booth. And, uh, man, I really appreciate it. I love my years there. I love doing the game. I still I still sit at home and and critique the game. That's I, right. I still play broadcaster. I say, why did you say that? I can't believe you said that. Look, you're missing you're missing the little thing here. Look, the guy slipped. It wasn't a bad pass. I mean, right. I just That's right. I, my wife looks at me like I'm nuts. You can never go back. I mean, once we start watching the game as an analyst, as an in-game analyst, you'll be watching the game through that lens forever. You can't we can't go back and play again. We can't go back and throw passes again, but we can still kind of call the game and provide our own commentary, can't we? We can enjoy it. I mean, this exactly. this weekend's game, you know, two of the four games this weekend were really great. Actually, three of the six were pretty darn good. They really were. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but just want to give our shout out to Steve Bornstein, one of the great men in the broadcast uh, television business, particularly when it comes to sports. He had an eye for talent. And I could say that because, look, he chose me. So, <laughs> you know, to be drafted by him is truly an honor. Look, I want to talk about Cincinnati Bengals because we all have uh -huh. a chance to see Joe Burrow. He's had four years uh, where he's had some, some ups and he had some downs. As you well know, he was lost in the middle of the season during his rookie year. He's playing right. out in your neck of the woods against that Washington team. And then this year he gets the wrist injury, had to cut it short. People are starting to throw out this this word injury prone, which I don't subscribe to. Um, what do you foresee for Joe Burrow and what he has to do? You know, the soft tissue injuries, but more importantly, to get this team back to where they were when you know he's under center. I think, you know, I think Joe is the key to where Cincinnati wants to go. And his health is the key to that. Remember, they said the same thing about Lamar Jackson over the last couple of years. Lamar's missed the last four or five games six, I think, over the last two years. So what was Lamar going to look like this year? I think it's paramount that Joe figures out a way and the team protects him. I didn't think he should still be practicing. He strained his calf this year, just as an example. I noticed during the practice that he wound up limping off, he had a sleeve on that calf as well. Yes, he did. And so if, if, he, if he had tweaked it before, why would you take a chance on him practicing? He hasn't needed it. He hasn't done it. And he's still a, an incredible talent yeah. uh, and, and the leader of this football team. But I, I think some way, some shape, he's got to figure out a way to stay healthy. Now, sometimes it's just fluke injuries. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. And, and as a quarterback, whether it's a thumb, whether it's, you know, a, a wrist, you know, you're going to hit something, you're going to fall on something and hopefully you can get through it. But in Joe's case, they've been major injuries that have set him back. We, we've seen one year of Joe Burrow. Yeah. We've seen of the four years he's been in the league, we've seen one year of an incredible talent. I love his swagger. I love the way he leads. I love the way he plays the game. Yeah. Um, the Bengals are an entirely different football team when he's not under center. But that also is the responsibility, I think, of getting him ready to yeah. get into the season. Yeah. I just had a feeling once he pulled that calf. See, what scared me, because, you know, Kirk Cousins, Achilles, Aaron yes. Rodgers, Achilles, particularly yeah. Aaron's, when he pulled the calf, the Achilles area and the calf area are so closely related. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And then he comes back. And I just I basically watched every game, every, you know, because I, I watch all the games. I'm watching the Cincinnati games. And if the game I wasn't watching, I was waiting to hear the news if something might happen to him mm -hmm. similar that, that, it, that it did to Aaron. But, um, you know, 
I, I know he's going to come back. I, you know, it's going to be, I know a couple months before he really gets to do it. probably about four or five months before he really gets to throw again, start lifting weights. But, um, you know, once again, I'm, you know, this is what you have to assume. Joe, Bo, Joe Burrow is not going to be a part of training camp again. I mean, if anybody, there isn't anybody more mentally prepared than Joe Burrow, to be I honest know, with you. Right? Yeah. That's all he's been able to do for the last you know, two, three years. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit. That is a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. I do think they have to be highly targeted in getting him a specialized trainer. He likes to work out. The guy's going to be in shape. He's going to work out. But as you well know, for the job that he has to do, I think it has to be so highly targeted. Because it has to be more about what maintenance, and then from there you build on your strength to make the, make sure that you have the endurance uh, to get through an NFL season, which for a lot of quarterbacks, Joe has proven to be very difficult. Well, there's what sixty five of them, I think, yeah. roughly that have played this year. So, and, yeah. and the thing is, is you know we played sixteen games, so the sixteen games were were interesting into itself. Mm-hmm. But then you turn around, and that seventeenth game. It's just changed the landscape completely. For somebody to play 17 games is incredible this year. That is a yeoman's effort. And so from my perspective, uh, it's really, really important that they figure out a way to pace the quarterback. you got to pace their arm. You have to pace their the, the hits that they take. Um, you only have basically, what, four days to get ready? Yeah. You get you get a day off. Sometimes you get two days off. Game plan Quickly goes right into the next game. Right, you're you're, bet, you're working for three days. So how do you pace your that position because of the wear and tear on it, as well as the other? So it's a great challenge with 17 now. I uh, want to talk to you about uh, some of the topics going on around the National Football League. Um, after the Pittsburgh Steelers loss to the Buffalo Bills in their wildcard playoff game, there's been a lot of speculation as to whether or not Mike Tomlin will return. There's been some reports that he may step away. 17 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't won a playoff game in the last six years. We all know they're playing for championships. Uh, There comes a time, though, I think a fatigue factor could set in with a coach. Same voice, same locker room. What's your thoughts on Mike Tomlin? And maybe is this a time, as we're seeing a lot of great coaches exit the stage right now? I don't think so. I mean, look what Mike's accomplished. Seven, like you say, 17 straight seasons with a winning record yeah. or, or, be, or, you know, be, uh, uh, even record or better. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done that. That's right. I, I think Mike is an incredible football coach. I mean, look at your rotating quarterback situation you have again in Pittsburgh. You really don't have that one guy under center. I, I thought um, the, the game was unbelievable on Saturday. And Mason, I thought he played a terrific football game. I thought he made throws in tough conditions. Um, you know, probably going forward to next year, you might say, okay, he has the edge going in. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen with with Pickett. Uh, so, I, I mean, to me, Mike Tomlin really is uh, everything that the Pittsburgh Steelers want and need in a football coach. And it would be Mike's choice to leave. I wouldn't think the organization would have him leave. Because remember, in 55 years, Sally. 
They've had three coaches. Right. Three. Yeah. And, and so stability is a part of that organization. That's why it's been so successful over this period of time. I would be surprised if if Mike was let go. Um, but then again, you never know at what point somebody decides that they want to move on. I think he feels like they're close again. I really do. You know, you didn't have what I mean, you, you look like at this time of year, you're losing key elements anyway. You're losing key players. Miami yeah. did it. Pittsburgh has, you know, had their issues. So to me, I, I think with uh, with that football team that he's looking at, I think he wants another shot at it. Yeah. And look, he has the highest winning percentage of any coach in Pittsburgh Steelers history. He's part of 20 consecutive seasons without a losing record. He's been there for 17 the previous three years with Coach Cower. Um, he's done some remarkable things. I would say that he's become the standard, and it looks like the environment um, seems to be losing patience because he's he's at such a high level. He almost has to top himself just to impress the fan base. So you're right. Um, I hope that they're the ones who are not fatigued. He's competing against himself. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's when you when you compare him to other coaches in the National Football League, you go, wow. But then, you know, you look at the you look at what he's been and what he's been able to accomplish. and You say, OK, what's next? Yeah. Where's the next where's the next level that he has to move to? And sometimes coaches just need a new change of scenery, just like players do. And they can get that second win. Uh, just that's what we saw with Andy Reid when he left Philadelphia to go to Kansas City. And now he's gone to even higher heights. Uh, the same may be true for one Bill Belichick after his 24 seasons in New England. He just 15 um, wins shy of tying and 16 of breaking the record set by Don Shula at 347. Um, so what's what's your expectation? What are you thinking as you take a look at Bill Belichick, who, oh, by the way, recent report said he just interviewed and met with Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. I think I think number one, you have to look at Bill. I I would say Bill's the greatest coach ever, yes. and you measure it by championships. And you know, you talk about quarterback play, you measure it by playoff wins. I think it's you know everybody can post numbers nowadays. Yeah. You throw the ball all over the place, but what do you do in the playoffs? Yeah. And this is where Bill is, I think, excelled above everybody else. The accomplishments that he has had. I do believe this: the last two years have been a resounding message to Bill that I don't want to go to a football team that I don't think has a quarterback that can win. I mean, just, you know, Mac Jones, this particular year before he sat down, he looked like somebody who was afraid to cut the ball loose. Yeah, that's and, right. And you just, right. you can't play that position scared. You can't play that position cautious. And it, there were times when I watched him throw the football, there was so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they were so close in so many games, a missed field goal. You know, they, they, they miss, they miss a, extra point okay towards the end of the season and they wind up kicking a 56 yard field goal same guy i mean it, it's so your, your fate rests in the hands of that particular individual i think bill's going to wind up somewhere atlanta probably would be a good choice you know they're foundationally a solid football team and again he would have the autonomy to be the guy that's choosing the uh, you know bill parcells used to say if you're gonna, you know if you're gonna let me cook let me shop for the groceries too yeah so he, I think, I think that's a place that's likely. Uh, the Chargers have already, I think, they're interviewing Coach Harbaugh. They're talking to Jim, and you know, Jim coming back into this league isn't like any college coach because he's already been in this league. He knows what this league's all about. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about him because you've you've uh, worked with him, you've covered games when he's been coaching. I've done the same. 
And I've always found him to be an exceptional coach, not a good coach, an exceptional coach. He's a great team builder. And Joe, as you well know, his teams all play physical. They play with this great intensity because he's an he's an intense guy himself. Yeah. And you know, they say the uh, team takes on the personality of a coach. And there's no doubt everywhere he has been, those teams have taken on his personality and it's yielded championships. And I think one of the things that gets lost a little bit in Jim's situation is the people that he hires to teach the players. That's right. I mean, when you put a staff together, you need you need to make sure that staff doesn't it, you don't want a bunch of yes people, but you want people that can teach these guys how to play. Like, for example, last night's football game, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All you needed to do was watch the secondary of the Eagles tackle. It's <clears throat> excuse me. And the secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. That's right. I mean, if it was one on one against a buck uh, corner, he goes to the ground. If it's one on one against a Eagle secondary, and this is this has been the case, it's a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. This is this has been a problem. Actually, it's a little bit of a problem around the league uh, because secondary guys try to body block these running backs and wide receivers. Can't do it. Can't do it. And they're not going down. No. Not Tampa. No. Tampa's tackling people, and then you know it's great to see Baker Mayfield do what he does. But you know, to me, I think that's the big thing. One of the big things that nobody talks about for Jim is his ability to put together a staff. And heaven only knows, with all the firings, there's a lot of really quality people out there that I'm sure would want to continue to coach in some capacity. Uh, the great Dick LeBeau, uh, when he coached me in Cincinnati and during my time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he always talked to us about tackling. And he said, tackling is about want to, not how yep. to. That's you, right. You, if you want to get a man on the ground, you will get him on the ground. But it has to be a high priority you know when the weather gets cold, gets a little long in the season, some guys it's not as much of a priority to. And you can tell when you turn yeah. on the tape, you can you can tell the guys who are enthusiastic about that task and those guys who aren't. In fact, I want to go back and let's go real quickly through these games for the wild card weekend. I want sure. to start with the Houston Texans, 45 to 14 over Cleveland Brown team that had the veteran quarterback, the Super Bowl MVP at quarterback in Joe Flacco, the number one ranked pass excuse me, the number one ranked total defense against a rookie quarterback starting in his first postseason game, Joe. I never saw anything like that first half. When C.J. Stroud went in for halftime, he had already thrown for three touchdown passes, playing like an age-old veteran. Yeah, he does. I mean, he, he, but he did that way since the get-go, Solly. I mean, C.J., when he stepped on the field, I felt he was the best one coming out of college. Yeah. You know, Anthony Richardson sidelined for the entire season. Bryce Young in a tough situation where needed a lot more than just a quarterback in Carolina. Yeah. The top three, of course, CJ being the other one. CJ wound up one of those guys that winds up in the perfect scenario. I think back, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. When Ben Roethlisberger joined the Pittsburgh Steelers as a rookie and won a championship, yeah. they were a really, really good football team. And he played good, solid football. Not spectacular, solid football. CJ's done the same thing protect the football. Yeah. Make sure you have an opportunity to make plays. And I thought the play designs were great. But what also contributed to that, and, you know, Joe obviously has won a Super Bowl, and that's great. But the bottom line is he's been out of the game. He played five games. He didn't play in the last one in the season. Mm -hmm. he, he'd been prone to throwing interceptions anyway. And that's really what turned the game around. That's right. Two picks. When, when you go back two pick, pick sixes, yeah. man, you may as well, that's it. 
I mean, <laughs> every, everybody's it. looking at you. Everybody's going like, whoa, what's that going on hey, there? One pick six to do you in. Oh, you yeah. throw two. two, it's over. <laughs> and it gets in your head. That's right. Two gets That's in right. your head, too. And, and in, in Joe's case, you know, they didn't have much of a running game, which he needed. That's right. And, and he, so they relied on his arm. And if you look at the games that he played, Amari made some incredible catches. I mean, the catches that were made were were sensational. And and so it winds up being, you know, lots of credit to Houston. Uh, D'Amico did a great job with his football team getting ready. Now they've got a, a yeoman's effort ahead of them going forward. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for where Houston is and where they're going to go. How do you think um, he'll do at M&T Bank Stadium going up against another top-ranked defense? But to see uh, C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson on the same field in the divisional round, that's going to be a really treat. Uh, for NFL fans. It's fun. It's, it's again, a seasoned veteran going against a young guy for the first time in a truly hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Baltimore's the best team in football. You know, San Francisco, when they have all their weapons, real close. Right now, they're the most complete, and they're rested. They're, you know, they've got two weeks to get ready, and they 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 basically only had to look at two different teams. That was They were going to get one of them, uh, Cleveland or Houston. So I just I think this is going to be a, a much greater challenge for him defensively than it was against uh, even Cleveland because Cleveland just got caught back on their heels and they were they were just trying to survive at some point there. Yeah, some of these games in the postseason, as you know, take on a life of their own. Yeah. Team comes out fast, they gain the momentum and they seize it and they don't let it go. One such game that kind of had some ebb and flow to it. I thought it was the best of the six games played over the course of three days. And that was the Detroit Lions. They came away a winner 24 to 23 over the Rams. But Matthew Stafford was dealing. I mean, he he was making plays all over the field, sidearming, just dropping them in there. Josh, uh, excuse me, uh, Jared Goff on the other side. As we well know, they did the quarterback swap, Joe. Seemed like both had a chip on their shoulder. It meant a lot to both teams, to the coaches, to the general managers who, who were part of that deal. And I thought it was a signature win for the Detroit Lions who hadn't won a playoff game in 32 years. You get the sense with that win, they they seem to have arrived. Are they a team of destiny? Are they a team of destiny, Solly? That's that's the thing you ask yourself. Are they they that team that's destined to go further? I, I think they can get to the NFC Championship game. I really believe that. I, I think I think they can do that. I think going against Tampa Bay is going to be a, a challenge. Todd did a terrific job, like you said. But I don't think the Eagles really put up much for us to evaluate as far as Tampa Bay goes. you got to love Baker. Yeah, I mean, right. just right. his, his energy, his excitement, his enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really felt like that game was by far the best game. Yeah. Matthew yeah. played like Matthew could play. But that's the way he's played down the stretch here. That's right. That's since he right. came back. I mean, that's the kind of football the Rams would play. And I'm glad Sean McVay's sort of over the I might retire syndrome and is coming yeah. back to play. It's coming back to coach. You know, the players will do that to coaches. They'll get them excited. <laughs> I mean, right. if, if they if they lost three of the last, say, seven games, he might have a different approach. Yeah. But what he I think he had a chance to see and, and look at his football team and go, you know what? We're pretty, we're pretty darn good. Right. We're pretty good. So, yeah. you know, I, I thought it was a sensational game. Both those quarterbacks were just yeah. – they put on a great clinic. You know, as a matter of yeah. fact, I tweeted that. By the way, yeah. my tweet is at Heisman7. 
if anybody's interested. I'm back on Twitter. Go I was ahead. off. I was off for about a little while, but now I'm back. So love the conversations with people. That's but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was magical. I thought those guys were terrific. Uh, it really was. Got to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys and Jordan Love, who has ascended over the second half of the season. His last nine games, Joe, 21 touchdown passes, one interception, went yeah. into Dallas and just totally took over the game and outplayed Dak Prescott, to be honest with you. And uh, I know that one had to hurt a lot for Mike McCarthy against his, his former team. And then to be yet again, one and done. Your thoughts on that game in particular and what you saw from Jordan Love? Well, first of all, I think I think Jordan Love makes a case for a quarterback sitting and learning how to play the position. We saw with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Brett Favre. Now we see with Jordan Love. You know, Aaron was so mad that they took Jordan and didn't take a wide receiver. Um, now nobody really, you know, is looking at Aaron and saying, okay, I, we think we made the right decision, and now we're proving out that we did because uh, that was our, our quarterback going forward. Uh, I, I just – I loved his poise. I mean, again, again, he's got he's got that uh, Green Bay Packer uh, delivery where you don't throw the ball with your feet on the ground. I think I don't know whether they can teach that up there, Solly, but it seems like he made a lot of throws in the air, like he Brett sure used to did. and like Aaron used to. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. But I, and Matt Lafleur called a masterful game. They had did. they didn't have guys open. They had them wide open. They schemed they them open, right? Well, they took advantage of the fact that the Cowboys are an aggressive defense up front. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring a lot of people. You cross people behind them, and their secondary has always been vulnerable. Yeah. We never really knew how good, except for Bland, we really never knew exactly how good the Cowboys secondary was because the pressure up front was so great. Yes. We see that we see that quite often in teams that have a great front seven or a great front five that rush. And how good is the secondary if somebody gives them a chance to throw the football? But Dallas has got a bunch of questions to answer. Number one, Mike McCarthy going to be their head coach, yes or no? But if he's not, then now you're replacing the offensive play caller. Dan Quinn's probably going to get a head coaching job, the defensive coordinator. And you're looking at Dak Prescott having to pay him $50 million plus. Because here's the thing. Someone would say, oh, well, you know, don't pay Dak or do whatever you want. The problem is, where do you go? to find somebody with that talent and that experience. He led the league in touchdown passes this year. Where do you he go? He brought his interceptions down. That's exactly right. But where do you go? The the You're change is going to be monumental in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, just it's going to be monumental. Um, and, you know, of course, and then, you know, Jerry's still going to be Jerry. He's still going to want to be the general manager. He's going to want to make decisions on personnel. That's why, that's why Belichick going to Dallas just – Made no sense to me whatsoever. You're right. You're right. It it makes no sense. So I think the Cowboys have got some difficult decisions to make. And and, and once again, if Mike does come back, there's always going to be that looming playoff picture that hangs. That's the cloud that's going to hang over Mike's head in Dallas. That's right. Yeah, we can put up big numbers. Yeah, our quarterback's throwing a lot of touchdown passes. Yeah, our offense is this. Our offense is that. And defensively, you, you know, what do you do now? You know, Dan's always an aggressive guy. He's like Todd Bowles. They're going to go after you. Um, and, and so, you know, what happens now with the person? We saw what happened in Philadelphia when you change defensive coordinators in the middle of the season. Ooh. Nobody knew where to go and nobody knew who to cover. We got we got safeties tripping corners as they're coming down in coverage, yeah. allowing guys to run free, Joe. In the middle of that, it, in the middle of that football field was just there wasn't anybody home but that was 
that was the case the latter part of the season as well. It wasn't just losing six and seven. Yeah. It's the way you lost. That's the big thing. It's before the way we let you go before we let you go. Cause I know your time is tight. Give me um, what's happening with the Philadelphia Eagles this off season. Howie Roseman, you know, he's always been aggressive. He went out and tried to get the best talent for Nick Sirianni and build around this quarterback for this team. And it seemed like uh, A.J. Brown is with the team and then psychologically maybe not with the team. Well, how do you get this thing back together? What happens here? First of all, you got to figure out a way to, to get the ball to A.J. Brown early in the game. I, I had Art Monk, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yep. I know that if I didn't get the ball some way, shape, or form to Art early in the game, you know, they're out there by themselves. They're like, they're like outfielders. Wide receivers are like outfielders. They're sort of out there in their own little world. And, you know, it's, and, and all of a sudden, you know, a quarter goes by and they're running routes and then they're you not lose them. You same enthusiasm. Them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's I right. think in AJ's case, which I didn't understand, there were games where he didn't get the ball till maybe the second half, which okay. made no sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you change coordinators. Um, I think Jalen has to, you know, staying healthy is, is obviously a big key to be able to do that. But I think Seriani, I don't see any reason why to get rid of him. But here's the problem on defense. They hung their hat on defense. That's how they got to the Super Bowl last year. Yep. By a great defensive rush, great run defense. Those guys aren't getting any younger, Solly. Yeah. I mean, that's a football yeah. team that all of a sudden in a year is going to get old in the front four. And, but I, Hey, talented, yes, but they aren't what they were, and they aren't at the level that I think yeah. they – they expect themselves to be so. I think there's a there's a rebuild to a degree, or I should say, you know, replacing a few bricks uh, in right. that building in Philadelphia on the defensive side of the ball. And then, you know, is Kelsey gonna? You know, you got a center that's been there forever. The most no, he un- announced he, it's been reported that after the game, he told some players that he was not coming back. Remember, two a year ago they drafted yeah. Cam Jurgens, who was supposed to be his replacement. But I think he might be ready to go. It's, it remains to be seen if Lane Johnson is going to come back. I think with the departure, as you were saying, with Jason Kelsey, that could be the first domino that could precipitate a a, a soft rebuild with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, Solly, in this, you know, when I played, it was a different type of football. When you played, it was a different type of football. Right. That's right. But one thing hasn't changed is the importance of the center position. Right. When it comes to when it comes to identifying fronts, when it comes to identifying who the middle linebacker is, which way you're going to slide, all that hasn't changed, and that only gets better, just like at the quarterback position with experience. And so, to me, you know, Philadelphia, if they want to get where they they want to be, where this football team thinks it should be, uh, they've got some major issues to look at going forward with guys deciding that it's it's time to leave the game. A game we love. You are the best. You're still on top of your game, my friend. <laughs> you really are. Thanks, Ali. We appreciate you joining us. This is the Believe in Bingo podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go to Believe.com. Thank you for joining us right here on Valley Sports Ohio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.